0: Delivering high quality, technology centric podcasts around the world. This is MunchTech.tv, taking a bite out of technology. Hello, and welcome to episode 490 of The Two Techies for Saturday, December 14th, 2019. This is the show where we talk about the week's most notable technology news and stories in random an hour or less in podcast form. On this week's episode, when technology aids real world problems, Apple loses a very senior designer and the issue with online subscription models. Thank you so much for choosing to join us on episode four hundred and ninety, whether it's the first time listening, the four hundred and ninetieth, somewhere in between, it's all much appreciated. This week, um, coming up to Christmas, the last year before Christmas for 2019 kind of means technology news is in a lull, but that's fine. We've worked with it. We've gotten something out of it. Speaking of Christmas, our 10th annual Christmas gift guide is live. It is online, has been for the last two weeks. What have you been doing? If you haven't been listening to it, launchtech.tv forward slash gift guide 2019 for all of the gifts you don't yet know exist. For friends, family, loved ones, et cetera. Pets. You could maybe, I don't, did we pet gifts, is that a thing? Was that? I, that wasn't the thing, was it? I feel like it should have been there. And I'm just realizing there's also one more show until Christmas, isn't there? Twenty first. Um, that's that's embarrassing. Sorry. What I meant was the penultimate show <laughs> before Christmas, um, and then two more shows until the end of 2019. That can I get away with that? Yeah, yeah. We can we can scrub it in post. It's alright. As always, myself, Jimmy, you, Aaron, uh, as has been for the last 490 episodes, since I had at the start. Aaron, how's your week been?
1: Pretty good. I just want to say, apart from the fact that I've been absolutely loving the cameras on the iPhone 11, I middle of the week, I heeded your advice after going through...
0: Actually, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Just thinking, it's been... How have your last two weeks been? Because there was no episode last week, just because life got in the way. But um, I'm just thinking, you went, you definitely haven't had your iPhone for two weeks.
1: Pretty sure I have. Maybe have December 1st, I think, is when I got it. That's oh, serious? Like two, two okay, weeks.
0: never mind. Ignore me. Sorry. Yet again, got it wrong. Wow. wow. But, uh, he, Third time you're on a, a
1: roll today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, but, uh, continue. I just actually, before I say this, this thing is like insanely quick. Um, No offense. I had to pick up my iPhone 7 something the other day
0: oh um, you're going there you're going there. and
1: weirdly even though the screen is bigger on the 11 the iphone 7 felt like huge in my hand all of a sudden because it's um it's slightly wider than the 11 is I know. excuse me
0: problems all <laughs> of us have <clears throat>
1: But, um, so continue, continue. I am absolutely loving the cameras on this thing. The screen is gorgeous. The notch is completely out of the way. Um, love the edge to edge display. Basically, welcome to, you know, 2017, I guess. Um, all the people who have had 10, 10s or 11 before me are like, well, duh. Um, but one thing I did find trickier was putting a goddamn screen protector on this thing. Now, I've normally had a pretty good track record with screen protectors, 100% based on pure luck. Um, nothing. Thing to do with skill whatsoever. Um, normally, it's, it's the
0: age-old adage, though, isn't it? Proper planning prevents piss per performance, and so you need to have everything that you will need to hand around you. Because once you take the back protector off, you really have seconds before it all goes to complete crap. So you need you you need your tape. Besides, you. you need a lovely microfiber cloth, um, maybe a hard card to sort of you know push out the bubbles. Clean hands, clean area, disinfected area, no dust. Dust, Aaron. Dust. Would you know about dust? No.
1: Well. That's where (laughs) the story takes a turn, isn't it? (laughs) So normally, okay, first or second try, I can get it fine. Just get in these weird, like, tiny little bits of fibers under the display, and you can't see them, or you can't, like, really notice them, until you spot one of them, and then it is literally the only thing your eye is drawn to the entire time you use your phone. And I am that kind of person where you can have a one millimeter, like, long piece of fiber in there that is not noticeable, hasn't created a bubble or anything, thing, but it just ruins the experience of the phone. I just don't want to pick it up. But you're ruined. <laughs> and I even text you text you. I'm like, I am literally deciding between scratches on the front of my phone and having a tiny piece of dust under the screen protector stopping scratches. That's how bad it was getting. Um, I even got to the point where uh, this this is gonna sound so stupid. Someone's advice online was, was to apply the screen <laughs>
0: I know what's coming. I'm just remembering what you said now. Yeah. yeah.
1: In in the bathroom <laughs> where- once, you, once you've once you had a steamy shower because <laughs> oh, I can't say this with a straight face because the steam in the room obviously basically reduces static in the air and it means the dust should just fall to the floor or, or not be floating around um, this,
0: this immediately means someone has put far too much thought and consideration into applying a screen protector in my eyes anyway.
1: Well it also shows you the extent that I was going to because yes I tried that um, <laughs> I actually tried two screen protectors doing that method. The second one I tried my uh, old faithful squirting some some lens cleaner under it and then squeegeeing out the water which was better but not perfect um, and at that point Do you want, I you want I to have heard,
0: do, do, sorry, just for future reference, if you're on. ever struggling with this dust issue again, if you rub your stomach and pat your head at the same time, I hear that helps
1: I think it did get to the point where the wind had to be blowing in the direction, the temperature outside had to be <laughs> just right. The dew point just
0: be... wasn't quite right. Yeah,
1: Exactly, there had to be a little bit of rain but not too much rain um, <laughs> that type of thing but it got to the point where I was like I, I was ready to take the iPhone back and you know give up um, or sell it on eBay or something I don't know you're uh, not serious are you <laughs> no of course not maybe a little bit Um, <laughs> and then I finally I think four screen protectors and five screen protectors in. these are all glass ones but they're Amazon specials, so they're like five quid for three or something like that Um, after like four or five of them I heeded your advice and just went to the Apple store overpaid massively um, for the Belkin one that they put on there and like 30 seconds later walked out of the store with a perfectly applied screen protector and completely wondered why I didn't just do that in the first place.
0: Here's the thing though, right? Okay, you say overpaid and yes, okay, it is it's more expensive than some of the screen protectors you get online. How much did you pay for the phone?
1: Uh, what's this phone? 700 and something? Did you know what it was, roughly? Uh, 7.79 I want to say. Right. How much was the screen protector?
0: 29? Yeah, 29.95. $29.95 29.95 and you paid 779 for the phone. Yeah. Yeah. So you basically paid what 3.8% of the phone's worth to protect the screen, which is the most vital component of the product? Yeah, yeah. I cannot understand that. You all of a sudden you can justify that, right? Yeah. And to be considering honest, considering and the reason why I'm 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 set on these screen protectors because I I've sworn by them the last well this iPhone and the, the previous one. Um I, well no I, no that's not true. Sorry, it was just this iPhone. I have had the same screen protector on for the last 3 years of having the this phone night. And only a number of weeks ago, when um, (laughs) a family member has the same screen protector because I sold it to them again. I should be getting commission. That's two I've gotten on. But um, for some strange reason, they just find it very easy to break it, you know, to to crack the screen protector. Actually, I think they thought they saw something under it and started peeling away at it, expecting they to just pop it back down. Didn't work. So went in, got it reapplied. There's a a lifetime warranty with these things. So if it cracks or breaks, you just go and get a new one. That's cool. But I sort of give the whole, how have you done that? I've had mine for three years. It hasn't. Look, it's perfect. Yeah about two days later of course Sod's Law um, I think something must have hit off the edge of mine and put a little crack on it Um, I think it was when it was in my pocket because it's not it's just a, a tiny little scuff you know on the edge but it's enough to create a hairline crack in both directions. Um, so I will need to get that sorted at some point. But the point being, if you drop it and the screen protector breaks, you can just go and get a replacement one free of charge from Belkin.
1: I mean, three years, a tenner each. That's pretty good. Uh, a tenner per year, that's pretty good going. I mean, I was just, I, I got to the point, I was, I was, you know, the day before, I was going to the Apple store, I was watching the videos on YouTube of the little uh, applicator tool that they use, and I was, like, fascinated to watch it in person. Um, one, that's how so sad I wednesday mornings are <laughs> um so everyone else doing their christmas shopping and there's me literally going to the shopping center just to get a screen protector um but yeah it was so cool to watch them just you know the way they do it um they've clearly perfected that kind of or belkin have perfected that dust free uh, experience because I, I noticed that once it's in the little clamp tool bearing in mind this is after they've obviously wiped it down put the screen sticker on pulled that off get the dust off it's those three seconds in between that happening which is where all the the dust seems to, to go, and that's the point I'd got mm. to. Um, when they actually apply it down, I noticed that the uh, screen protector backing has a tiny little white strip on it, which I believe is like another some kind of microfiber or cloth strip. And as they pull the strip out, that runs along the screen just before the screen protector lays down behind it. Yep. And pull off all that last-second dust, and I just thought this is cool, and I really should have just done. I should have just done it while I was in the store buying the phone a week before but uh yeah you know me and my uh
0: my stubbornness so what you're saying is jimmy was right yeah
1: and you you're you're right in saying you definitely should be getting commission how, how many you <laughs> what have you made apple
0: 60 90 quid something like that so far <laughs> well belkin apple okay, yeah, same thing um, but you know what at the end of the day if if you go in you pay for it and there is something wrong with it they'll just put another one on you know at the time if they say they'll, they'll literally ask are you happy with that uh, mm, there's a bubble there oh 100 yeah you're right rip off put another one on happy with that Mm it depends how, you know, most of the time they get it right first time. If they don't, there's zero issue in uh, in getting another one. And as I said, well, a couple of percent of even the value of the phone, probably worth it. Um, you know, people spend a lot of money on lovely cases, but what about the screen? But then again, the screens are getting tougher. Do you need that protector? I would say yes. But
1: oh yeah, and I, I did I did read stories um, before I got the phone that people saying, I think because the iPhone 11, I don't know if this applies to the 10s as well, Apple did something where it's meant to be less shatter prone or something like that Mm. um what it has in turn meant is it looks like it's slightly softer glass or something um so you end up with a lot lot more of those or you end up more easily with those tiny little kind of hairline scratches um and obviously if you if you look at a lot of jeans you'll notice like right above the pocket um is often like a stud or something um, or some kind of belt loop or something as you kind of put the phone in and out of the uh, in and out of your pocket you, you're very likely to at least scratch it on something there so
0: did yeah. did you just call yourself a stud above the gene that's yeah, no iron that we doesn't do that. work <laughs>
1: You know what I mean. There's little gold yeah, sticky-out yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, things yeah. that no one's ever quite worked out what they're there for.
0: <laughs> what they're for, yeah, 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 sure. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, so I mean, right enough, so made, made sense then for you to, yeah?
1: Oh, 100%. I, uh, I would definitely go and do that again. It's actually a slightly nicer screen protector. I love the way you can t- tell it's a slow news week, by the way. <laughs> we're um, spending
0: so long talking about a screen protector.
1: We're, we're like, it's like the first time we've ever seen a screen protector, and we're totally amazed by this mm. thing. Um, In, in prior years, I just been able to go and get the Amazon Cheapo Special and it's kind of thick um, just because you have a home button, whereas on this one obviously your home button is swiping up from the bottom, so having a really thick piece of glass is super noticeable when you run your thumb over it. Oh Um, yeah. And the would it also,
0: um, would it it cause some sort of um, delay in sort of the the point at which the phone recognises you? No, maybe not. Maybe I'm just making that in my head.
1: Um, I didn't notice that, although it being the first screen protector I put on, I can't say I would have known what it was like without yeah, um, fair enough. but yeah, the the Belkin one seems to be like half the thickness and taper slightly of the edges, which is just super nice. But yeah, enough screen protectors. I'm sorry.
0: So basically, all you had to say without going through the entirety of the story was Jimmy was right. Essentially, yes. I'll take it. Without further ado,
1: we'll go to the quick news. A Silicon Valley startup has completed what appears to be the first commercial freight cross country trip. Say that 10 times fast by an autonomous truck, which finished a 2,800 mile run from Tulare, California to Quakertown, Pennsylvania for Land O'Lakes in under three days. The trip was smooth like butter, or in this case, 40,000 pounds of it. Plus.ai, a three year old company in Cupertino, announced the milestone on Tuesday. The safety driver was aboard the autonomous semi, ready to take the wheel if needed. Along with a safety
0: engineer who observed how things were going, Microsoft is planning to kill off its Wonderlist app. On May the sixth, 2020, the software giant originally acquired Wonderlist more than four years ago, and has spent the past two years building out its To Do app as a replacement. "Quote: We've been working tirelessly to ensure our new app, Microsoft To Do, feels like a new home for your lists," explains Microsoft's Wonderlist team in the blog post. "We've stopped releasing new features and big updates to Wonderlist, so as the app ages, it's become more difficult to maintain." As technology continues to advance, we can't guarantee that WonderList will continue to work as it should, or as we'd like it to. Microsoft is now closing off its Wonderlist services in May 2020, and it's recommending current users switch over to its to-do app.
1: BMW in early 2018 decided to begin offering BMW customers CarPlay access for a subscription fee rather than a one-time fee, requiring BMW owners to pay $80 a year to use CarPlay after the first year of owning a BMW vehicle. How many more times can I say BMW? No other car manufacturer that offers CarPlay charges a monthly fee. This change was understandably unpopular with BMW customers. Prior to the subscription fee, BMW charged a one-time $300 upgrade fee. Given the negative sentiment over the subscription charges, BMW is now changing its plans. According to a spokesperson that spoke with the British site Autocar, BMW will now offer CarPlay for free for the lifetime of the car on all models that have the latest connected
0: drive infotainment system installed. And finally, AirPods are set up to have an amazing holiday quarter, and a new research note predicts that they will soon overtake the $4 billion quarterly revenue that Apple saw at the peak of the iPod in 2007. Asimo co-published a research note this week, looking into the potential quarterly revenue from Apple's wearables, home, and other category. While last year was when Apple Watch surpassed $4 billion in revenue for the quarter back in the fourth quarter of 2018, now it looks like it may be the AirPods' turn. They note that it's tricky to tell exactly what the revenue of any individual product in the Wearables Gnome category is since Apple doesn't break out the numbers, but by estimating watch revenue and subtracting it from the total category figure, you can arrive at an estimate for AirPods. While we, we listen and we say self-driving, you, you don't really perk up anywhere. Just go, what? Self-driving? But a self-driving truck. Pretty impressive when you think about it and what, what that actually is. Um, almost a little scary because that thing out of control... That that that's bigger than most cars. You know, do you ever come up beside a truck and you think you're you're a bit bigger than me, so even if you do something wrong, I'm just gonna let you away with it. Yeah. I do
1: believe as well one of the most impressive things that I didn't include in the synopsis there is um, the truck travelled multiple inter- interstates just before Thanksgiving obviously mm. a traditionally very traffic heavy uh, period of the year. Um, it had to take scheduled breaks but drove mostly autonomously. There was zero disengagements or times of Self driving system had to be suspended because of a problem. Um, Plus, AI has been running the freight every week for about a year, uh, but the COO said that this is the first cross country trip and partnership it has talked about publicly. Uh, End of the year is peak butter time, just in case you wanted (laughs) to know, according to Lando Lakes. Obviously, the most important part of the article, but these these zero disengagements, so 20, is it 2,800 miles? Um, It did with zero disengagement. It does say. They drove autonomously most of the time. Assume there was some intentional manual driving. It doesn't explain where or where, why. Um, but all the time it was running autonomously which does sound like most of the trip, it was running fully autonomously. Which is super impressive and as you say, both a little bit creepy. And scary. But seems to be okay to work so it, far. I think it shows you just how close we actually are to this stuff becoming a reality. Yeah. Well, we've been so wrapped up in um, kind of the self-driving software that tesla delivers and i was reading about a an an accident that happened like a week or two ago and it's like that still feels so kind of far away um just because of issues but then we're 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 reading about and they say they've been doing it for you know 12 months at this point this is the first time they've they've kind of talked about it uh, publicly so like this stuff is going on around us um and i think in the freight industry is where it's going to really make that huge difference because as bad as it sounds and this is kind of the reason i think uh, a lot of kind of pick and place warehouse staff of potentially or are potentially or have been potentially replaced is because obviously you have pay humans which is you know a big thing but there's also that they make mistakes they have to take breaks you know all that kind of thing whereas a self-driving truck could just you know start to finish all day all night just keep going um, which I think in this day and age where if you order something you want it now type of thing we, we live in a world of we're so used to the, the one day shipping or same day shipping on things like that Amazon that we're, we're increasingly putting more and more pressure on the delivery systems um, that the the awkwardness of, of the humans in that area is becoming a bit of a, a bit of a bottleneck. Now there's always that kind of, um, what do you call it that, that, that side of it that you, you don't know whether you totally agree with it because obviously it is then robots replacing humans and there's, there's that whole unfortunate side of it and that whole argument but I think for the here and now this this stuff is just really really cool to see um, it'd be interesting to see if kind of how it works. I'd love to know the, I'd love to see on a graph, like which bits were done autonomously, which bits weren't done autonomously. Is there a reason they weren't? Um, you know, it could just be like the backing the trailer up at the end wasn't autonomous, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think it would be, be interesting to see.
0: Either way, a major achievement. Did you see, you were saying about the, the Tesla self driving car? I think there was an accident midweek, maybe the start of last week, whereby the driver sort of wasn't paying attention. I think he was distracted by his dog in the car, and it was on autopilot, and then he, um, essentially, he had the whole, you know...
1: didn't... <laughs> The one, the one I read. Didn't he crash into the back of a stationary
0: police car? Yes. Yeah.
1: Which, like, of all things to crash into. (laughs) Yeah. Of all,
0: that's the worst luck, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Not. Not. That one's not great. Mm. (laughs) Um. Which again, the the question is asked: if it's an autopilot, who's in charge? Well, it's the driver. So, but I think he tried to get out of it by saying, "Oh, it was was the autopilot. It did it. It wasn't me." Right. Bearing in mind,
1: autopilot isn't that basically still illegal in like so many ways. Um, the advice is still hands on the wheel, tension on the road. Just because the car is driving doesn't mean you can go and sit in the back and go for a snooze. Unfortunately, it's 2019, not 2099.
0: Mm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Wonderlist, which, I mean, that's not an app I've really seen or heard of for quite some time, but it's still around, but not for long.
1: This, I don't know why, but when I read this headline, I was like, I'm sure I've read this headline before. And I saw a few people say that. I'm pretty sure this is like the second or third time Microsoft have tried to put a date on this uh, replacement. Now, the Microsoft To-Do app has been kicking around for a couple years now. Um, there was sort of this lull in between, I remember, when they said they were going to can Wonderlist, but at the, at the time, didn't have or barely had a replacement for it. Um, it as you say, a bit of a a blast from the past when it comes from an name I remember when I, lo- I used to love Wanderlust and I think the only reason I, I stopped using it is brief period Apple Reminders app you know as, as bad as it was kind of pre-iOS 13 um, it did the job and then I've since become a huge uh, things fan I always wanted things back in the day um, it's, it's an app that's been around on the Mac for years and obviously can to to the iPhone and iPad as well but it was always kind of it was one of those apps that was like 30 or 40 quid and the to-do app always felt a bit expensive but uh, fantastic app. Um, it did definitely... Wonderlist had that kind of advanced feature set on on Reminders. Reminders is great. You need a shopping list or like a super basic errands list, even a shared one between the family. That works really well. This house is... Uh, we put our food shopping list in there. So if anyone wants anything, you just drop it in that list. Works great. Um, if you needed anything more advanced, um, that's kind of where Wonderlist came in. And that's why I've since replaced with things. But yeah, I think last time I checked out the Microsoft... App was perfectly serviceable mm. as a replacement for Wunderlist. Um, but yeah,
0: it's all right. Instead of using those apps, I have basically done the most basic thing possible in asking you to remind me of something that's very important and very time sensitive. Once we finished the show, so no pressure, Aaron.
1: Which the weird thing is, I'm actually totally forgotten about until you just <laughs> reprompted me there. Oh dear. So the Maybe to-do system the we've apps. got is like working well. <laughs>
0: uh, Bayration Motor works as uh, as I will call it because you called it BMW nine times. If Wait, say
1: to. say that again. Is it what,
0: Bayrussian
1: motor mm, work? No.
0: Bayrussian Be- motor no. work? No. Go, go ahead, surprise me. I believe it's Bavarian motor work. Oh, yes. Pretend I said that English, in English. In English it is, but I'm talking about German. Oh, you see? Oh, okay. Sorry, I
1: forgot that you speak fluent German and your German accent is <laughs> on point. Did
0: you not know that?
1: That's why I was so confused because you were still speaking English.
0: <laughs> Bayrussian motor work. I, if if, if oh, someone it's... knows the correct pronunciation, please... Please do let me know. Send us a, a clip, and and we'll play it on next week's episode.
1: I'm so sorry to all the all the Germans out there that we are I think offending. That's right.
0: I'm nearly sure. I mean, Anyways, Bavarian sorry. Motor Works in English. Yes. Okay. All I'm saying is because you said it nine times. Anyway, no longer monthly free for CarPlay. That was the biggest ludicrous scandal. Really, eighty pounds or eighty dollars per year to have CarPlay a, a free service on other cars. Okay, I'm not saying it's I, necessarily free for the car manufacturer to implement because Apple. Probably charge a licensing fee or whatever. I don't understand. But but, I mean, this is a premium car manufacturer uh, versus you know other. And I'm not saying other cars are, but you know what I you know what I mean. You're paying a premium for the car, and you have to pay even more for technology that other cars come with by standard. Didn't really make sense.
1: Bearing in mind, I'm pretty sure this is still the case. But the way CarPlay works is it's literally all run off your phone. The only thing the infotainment system has to provide is some kind of video input and a screen and a GPS module. I think that's optional as well, cuz I think you'll just use the phone's otherwise. Yeah, well. Like that's it. There's no reason, there's no data that has to be provided, there's no there's nothing that requires a, a yearly subscription, let alone a $300 upgrade fee as a one-off. But I mean, how do rich people get richer? You know, it's the stuff, yeah, well, isn't Yeah, it? well. yeah, well. Mm-hmm. German no. I was about to say you're trying to speak German again.
0: Ich weiß nicht. Oh, do you
1: know, you know you're that offending means? So no,
0: no, people. no, no, no. Do you know what that means?
1: I do. I do, Weirdly, I don't speak German. Do you know,
0: know what Ich weiß nicht means?
1: I do not enlighten me. I don't know.
0: Touche is what I say to that, which is no, French. It, it, it literally means I don't know. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Let's move on. AirPods, um, t- Again, quarterly slow news week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We're trying to drag it out here. Uh, AirPods, uh, quarterly sales of four billion dollars. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. I don't know if it's just me because I purchased it's just you AirPods. Okay, it's just me. I obviously, but well, I've had AirPods Pros for a month, if even or whatever. But right, stop flexing on us you have you have two pairs they're not what you're talking about mate uh, yeah exactly so yeah but I have noticed more people with them now than what I did before I had. maybe it's just me because previously even when I, I was like whoa AirPods that looks a bit daft and I, I thought that myself rude um, but I wear them now so I'm one of those daft people it's alright they still look daft it's
1: just you can wave at them now <laughs>
0: no wonder why you're waving at them right <laughs>
1: Um, I, I'm i totally with you well, when I think when they first came out when, when I first started wearing them it was like it was the weird thing to wear well um, when you
0: purchased them they really were you know the, the weird thing to be having in your ear but now I mean it's just not as weird but you do uh
1: you do see them everywhere it was the same with the Apple watch it was very odd to see an apple watch in the wild and now I don't think I've been probably served by any uh customer representative in any shop over the past few years that isn't wearing an apple watch it's um, funny that isn't it yeah they, they just seem to be everywhere um I think the interesting so the four billion dollars was a was an interesting interesting. Interesting number, but I think the the most interesting thing was that they're now at that's now the same if or if a correct guesstimate that's the same number that the iPod hit at its peak. And bearing in mind, we always have looked at or did look at the iPod like this huge, huge device Mm. um, when it comes to sales numbers. And here we are, like one of Apple's tiniest categories is now reaching peak numbers. And and this is you know in 2007 the iPhone was being launched, so obviously wasn't what it is today. Yep. Um the iPod was Apple. Apple made the iPod. That's what they did. Um to most people, you know, a lot of people will think of Apple as the company that makes the iPhone today. Um or makes the iPad and iPhone. Um it, unfortunately the Mac is still, you know, forgotten about annoyingly. Um but that was the iPod back in the day and it, it's so interesting to see like a, a product that we look at as boss it's vastly popular it, it is a very small proportion of Apple's numbers every year is 1 Increasingly becoming a bigger proportion of said numbers. And two, just 13 years ago, you know, their biggest device, one of their most historic devices, it is now
0: potentially reaching those numbers. It's pretty crazy. Mm. Yeah, it, it just shows how time moves on. Also, the price of the product, well, in some respect, is, is, you know, further up than this time 10, 12, 15 years ago. But still, yeah, definitely. Speaking of which, Apple's share price doing very well at the minute. at 27515. Microsoft also doing well at 15453. Samsung, one one five eight, And to put some perspective in those, so Apple are up 1.36% on previous close. Microsoft up 0.89%. Samsung up 0.78%. Amazon up ever so slightly, 0.035%. To $1,760, which is just <laughs> insane. Um, Amazon have really uh, excelled in the last few years. Maybe not this year to date as such. It has increased to some extent. It's peaked and troughed, but it's been consistently growing. Um, but more so than the last, say, what, two, three, four, five years. Google... 1,346, they're down at 0.12% and Facebook down 1.34% at one nine four eleven. Speaking of which, sorry to go off on a tangent, but saw a graphic through the week or through the last two weeks about how Amazon, I really have mastered a lot of things. I'm wondering if I can get it up quickly without having to stall for too long. But essentially, it just showed you how many sectors Amazon were entering. It's, it was it's pretty funny. crazy. I,
1: I was having a similar conversation with someone earlier. It's, it's scary when you look at big tech companies now and like, how few of them you actually need to do everything and like Am- you like with amazon and google you've pretty got pretty much got everything you need to do online and even some cases in the physical world you know just down to two companies is, is, is super crazy it's just just how many sectors each of these companies end up in now
0: can't find this specific graphic which is really annoying because it was actually pretty pretty eye-opening but you can guess yourself every sector amazon is in is just it's amazon you know and that's why they're doing so well however if you look at at some of the the stories and the information which analysts sort of gather. Some say that this Amazon, quote, global takeover will be stopped by reality. They're constantly, and this goes back to to two years ago maybe, but they're constantly aggressively expanding their business to target sectors, finance and health uh, included as well. One of three companies, uh, the other being JP Morgan and Berkshire Hathaway, to announce in January 2018 the launch of a new firm that will look to simplify US healthcare with technology. They are doing so much alongside being an online shop and they they have a very wide vision i don't know if they're going to have any monopoly um on on all those markets but they certainly have monopolies on some of them at the minute and you think about alexa i'm sorry if i've just activated everyone's amazon echo device um, and the kindle online shopping and video streaming what other company can say they have a, a near monopoly on those no i'm not saying they have a monopoly completely but i mean Prime video is very popular. It's not as popular as Netflix, but on the scale of it, what I mean is, Amazon are huge players in so many markets. It's crazy. I think they're underestimated sometimes just by, by the general population.
1: Speaking of, completely unrelated, semi-unrelated, the uh, Amazon Prime video, have you watched the new episode of Grand Tour? No, I have not. It Although is brilliant. I, I and it, do intend to.
0: It is brilliant everyone should watch it, over and out. <laughs> Drops mic. Right. On to some news. The NHS, speaking of Amazon, um, are giving Amazon the free use of their health data under a new deal um, with the Alexa device. Again, sorry if I've activated your Alexa device for the third time now. Details of the contract agreed by the uh, Health Secretary Matt Hancock came to light after a Freedom of Information request. Um, Amazon has been given free access to healthcare information collected by the NHS as part of a contract with the government. The material which includes, sorry, excludes rather, patient data, of course, could allow the multinational technology company to make, advertise and sell its own products. In July, the Health Secretary Matt Hancock said a partnership with the NHS that allowed Amazon Alexa devices to offer expert health advice to users would reduce pressure on our hard-working GPs and pharmacists. This is just the tip of the iceberg with what technology can and will do in years to come with health data. You think about the Apple Watch and the fact it can perform an ECG and take your heart rate and monitor certain things. In years to come, those devices will be monitoring a lot more than that. From simple statistics like your weight and your BMI to your heart rate your again your ECG, your, your heart rhythm and blood pressure, you know, the whole lot. Vital yeah. statistics, which achieve a sudden change can be indicative of health problems but the thing is not all of us most of us don't attend the doctors on a a, a recent or um you know on an ongoing basis because you don't really feel the need to so the idea here is if we all have these devices or not all but some sort of monopoly but if we have health devices that feed back to a profile on us then they can immediately say right something doesn't look right here there's there's a change in this activity or your heart rate spiked up or your blood pressure's raised your ecg your heart heart rhythm pattern isn't normal, gonna alert your doctor and then the doctor can access that remotely from the profile and say "Hmm, I don't like that, yeah we'll call them in for review. That type of thing yes it's a bit, it's a far way out I don't think it's as far out as, as it could be as we think it might be and this just proves that. The NHS and Amazon? That's not a partnership you would have thought of a year ago is it? I'm not
1: sure it's a partnership any of us actually want either. I think I mean because what's one company that you probably don't want data mining your health record? Oh that would be Amazon, (laughs) probably followed by Google and then Facebook on the list of companies that you don't want, Mm. in no particular order. Um, The weird thing is, I I was looking at this, and there's been some outrage about this, I think rightfully so. Um, The NHS or the UK trying to spin it as a, oh it's going to reduce pressure. It's like, it's not. (laughs) The, The people who... You know, the, most of the people who tend to go to your, your GP and whatnot have valid reasons and probably aren't going to sit there and talk to their uh, their home assistant about <laughs> it and, and make any different decisions.
0: So, Alexa, my, my, my arm's hanging off. Yeah. Um,
1: here's a Take two paracetamol.
0: Amazon. It should be cured in a week. Yeah,
1: we can sell you a sewing kit on Amazon if you want. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that, but that's that right.
1: The I don't like the idea of them mining or having access to the data. I appreciate it's not like full blown patient data. Um, and th- and this is more about medical data. But there was quite an uproar, as I said, and it got me thinking. If you remember, I don't believe it's rolled out to the UK yet, but I believe in the US. Um, in the Apple Health app, you can connect it, or it can be connected to your doctor's health record database thingy. Um. So the two can link up, Um, I believe. I don't know if it allows you to see your records, but I believe it will allow kind of the data from your Apple Watch. You know, as you say, all that ECG information, the heart rate information all this very vital information that we've spent years of, you know, if, if someone has, let's say, an issue with their heart or they believe something is wrong or, you know, they're suffering from a, a, an XYZ symptom. You'd go to the doctors or to the hospital and then, OK, you know, we're going to monitor it for six weeks or something and see what happens. Well, now you've got a huge, you know, part of the population that are, are walking around with the with these health trackers. Now, they're not obviously medical gr- health trackers but they give a pretty good indication I'd say um, especially of irregularities I imagine um, that why not take advantage of that data and I believe that's what the Apple Health app will do and it shows a different level in trust that we have with these different companies that when Apple announced that maybe there was a hoorah but I really don't remember it and I really don't remember us talking about it. It's funny how you you have this level of trust in Apple and you go yeah they probably do want to use it for good yeah uh, Um, that's a a, you know an advantageous thing to us whereas Amazon come along and do it bearing in mind they're not actually going to use your individual no 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 uh, patientator at this point we're we're all like whoa hang on a minute um it's just it just it's funny seeing the complete opposite reactions to these two companies who live in the same sector or similar sectors but we've we've built up trust with one and not so much trust with the other one um i I just thought seeing the the reaction and kind of of my own personal thoughts was uh was quite funny
0: honestly i and, and i would be very conscious of any privacy related thing and, and yes what could be more confidential than your health data but the fact that it's anonymous the fact that there's no idea i mean i it couldn't could it do any harm it's not
1: we have to remember is when you when you look at kind of tech deals and tech companies and this type of stuff when this type mm. of stuff happens you can't look at the here and now what they're doing if that makes sense okay so we've gone over the threshold and they've got access to the data at the moment, it's anonymous. It's this, that and the other and it all looks pretty good. Yeah. Okay, what happens five years from now? Okay, what happens when Amazon runs into a little bit of trouble and they need to sell stuff and, you know, you have to look at the okay, w- what are all the things that can go wrong with this? How can this information be abused in 5, 10, 15 years time? Yeah, Yeah. fair enough. Like, I think we're always sold, you know, because that's the whole point of PR. They have to put a good spin on this. Um. You know, how can we spin this to look good with the general public? Um, and you, you really do have to just see through that and see the
0: other side of it. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's catch-22, isn't it? hundred percent. But in order for this technology to develop in any way, the, the data has to be available for the companies to use. But then it's what companies would you want to have that data? Ultimately, I, I mean, you, you can say I trust company A more than I trust company B, but I don't trust company B as much as I trust company C. But realistically, they all have the potential to keep it safe they all have the potential to screw up exactly uh, track record in this case i don't think it counts for anything because they've never had anything quite as significant right they've had your location history that's mm, yeah but not something you know who cares where you've been that's that's where you've been i mean it's not where you are but your health data that's not you can't just rewrite that 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 is the, and it's it's individual and very personal to you
1: the other side of it is we're pretending that amazon are gonna handle this all poorly and like oh no our information is stored with Amazon, it's like, but we're sitting here pretending that our information being stored with the NHS has a great track record of not being hacked or stolen or broken into, and that their systems are probably still running on, like, Windows XP or something. This is
0: You say that, exactly. This is a company that is still running 2,300 PCs on Windows XP, and that was reported back in July of this year. That's more than five years after Microsoft stopped providing support for the operating system, and two years after the WannaCry cyber attack they still have more than 2000 computers running it so 4.7% of the machines in July rang it ran XP despite Microsoft having seized support for the software in 2014 <laughs> the funny thing was the government signed a £150 million deal with the vendor, an upgrade deal, uh, which was a key commitment, obviously, to, to upgrade all devices, to Windows 10 by the 14th of January 2020. So we'll be able to actually figure out whether that happens within the next month. And that's a date at which Windows 7 support ends as well. But yeah, as you say, it, it's one thing saying, right, well, maybe don't trust Amazon, but NHS has been hacked multiple times. They're running software, which is flawed very badly for security okay yes they've striked a deal with microsoft to keep support going for them and them only but still kind of shows non-committal efforts to really not worry about privacy right would it be safer with amazon
1: hmm. yeah kind of i mean it's yeah, we i think when you look at nhs funding it's obviously such a hot topic at the moment but the nhs has a f- finite amount of money whereas the money they need is a lot larger than that yeah um so i imagine compute what the software the computers are running and and whatnot is like well what they have to do is save people's lives and you know money
0: goes into that first at that point yeah i mean you know what this the, the only thing this could do well i'm sorry no not the only thing the hopeful thing the positive potential here glass half full thing this could do is help health devices become more intelligent and give them some sort of baseline to compare and contrast against. The other side will not think about it too much, but yes, the information could be leaked, and if the NHS, when providing the data, don't properly anonymize it, that could be a bigger problem. There's the two yes and buts. On that note, this is coming for a company and we will move on shortly. A company that earlier in the week was singled out by the tax transparency campaign Grip for Tax Mark as the worst of the big six US tech firms for avoiding tax by shifting revenue and profits through tax havens or low tax countries on a revenue of nine hundred and sixty point five billion and a profit of twenty six point eight billion dollars, Amazon paid just 3.4 billion dollars in tax. We're singling Amazon out. Every company's at it, but supposedly Amazon are the worst for it. It's not legal, but it's not morally right. But that's that's where these loopholes exist, and that's why accountants are are hired, but just worth noting. Speaking of one of the big six US tech companies, Johnny Ive has left Apple. It's official. VM designer Johnny Ives disappeared from their leadership page, signaling an end to his time in Cupertino. He originally joined Apple in 1992, led the design team from 96. The last day was a bit of a mystery. The gin press release originally announced its departure and said that it would occur later this year some would say i've checked out of apple product design a long time ago after being distracted by the design and construction of the company's new spaceship headquarters which could be a thing and i think when it was reported that the, the tech community went oh what's gonna happen but realistically yes johnny i've led the team the design team was not just Johnny Ive so the ethos that Apple has was was basically construed within that design product design team it wasn't just Johnny Ive himself and yes I'm I'm, I'm not saying um he, he didn't play a major part in it but I am sure that those he worked with are just as capable of doing the the same thing there's a team not just one right
1: yeah I think obviously Johnny I've left an amazing legacy um we'll all remember the the him and Steve Jobs days and you you, you read about and you hear what stories that are slowly coming out over the past few years um, of kind of the amazing things that, that they, they both uh, both ended up working together and, and how kind of tightly knit they were and obviously since 2011, um, around then. Apple product design has been in a weird you know, it was in a weird state. Um, not to say Apple product design has been perfect over the years anyway. Um, you can go back to even when Steve was alive and when Apple was, quote, in its heyday um, and they've made questionable design decisions but more and more over the past kind of 5-6 years there have been questionable design decisions. Um, see the MacBook, see the Mac Pro uh, you can look at various number of things there and, and see kind of questionable design or or, or kind of where it, the the tip of form over function really did come to, uh, come to a head. Um, and it seems like Apple is kind of getting back on a track obviously next week, I believe this week we should see the uh, MacBook Pro arriving in people's hands, most of the YouTubers have already got it, and it looks awesome, but also super functional at the same time, um, which is something we haven't been able to say about Apple in a long time. But as you say, this isn't going to make much of a difference. Johnny Ive, I don't think he's checked out, but had checked out. You're right, obviously. He's, he and a few others have cultivated that excellent design team there, that will be more than capable going forward and uh, and leading that team. it will be interesting to see kind of what the next five years. Is, uh pans out like, especially when it comes to products like the iPhone, uh, the iPad and the Mac. Um, the iPhone kinda do a design refresh at some point. We know Apple kind of do that two or three year cycle with the phones. Uh the Macs get a little longer as well. But yeah, I am um, like I say, huge legacy, one of the most revered designers ever. Um, he'll always be in that conversation. I think when you look back in the history books of, you know, designers in history and, and he will certainly be uh be in those conversations, which is only a good Thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, they said in the original press release, um, Apple will continue to work with Ive. Um, he's going out to form a new company uh, with his longtime friend and collaborator Mark Newsom, of which Apple will be a client of. Though so, yeah, I think uh, we'll be we'll be seeing
0: more of that partnership over over the next few years. Which is exactly why there's no loss at all to Apple. They, they need Ive. They've got Ive. And hey, that's fresh blood in a. A different leadership role is, is certainly no bad thing either, is it? And what can be a bad thing is overzealous subscription models, which just might not work as more and more enter the market. YouTube, for example, has been pushing the matter for premium, so much so that users are getting very disgruntled and some are saying, well, I might just pay the money just to get rid of the annoying pop-up ads that Google are sending almost daily. They've decided to place pop-up ads in its own YouTube app for premium subscriptions. It's slightly acceptable at first, but Google has also decided the uh, the advert should spam you to death, sometimes full screen, with no option to permanently dismiss them, so you see them all the time. I think you said, Aaron, you're, you're starting to get a bit disgruntled over it too, aren't you?
1: Honestly, just the most irritating thing ever, like, I really want to put together a list like best of 2019. And in my head for weeks now, I wanted a, I wanted the title to be best of asterisks 2019. And then the bottom, I wanted a and worst of. And literally <laughs> in my head, the only thing that's been in there is the YouTube apps. The YouTube app on the Apple TV is literally the worst app I've used in years. It is an interface from absolute hell. Google decided in the infinite wisdom, that they weren't going to use the native controls that literally everyone else uses. Uh, that they were going to write their own native controls, which, I mean, I'm, I am I have no idea how you meant to use them. Um, you, you touch the remote and the YouTube app freaks out. Um, obviously, the Apple TV remote being a touch-based remote, everything is a little more difficult anyway. But Apple have made these excellent tools that just work and everyone else uses them. Even the likes of Amazon use them, who are, f- who are famed for designing their own interfaces whenever they literally can. Um, so that's that app is pure hot garbage, and bearing in mind the YouTube app that launched with the Apple TV, the new Apple TV was fine, but no, they decided to replace it. And here we are with the hot garbage YouTube app on iOS and Android devices. That literally, if you pause the video, if you change app for just a split second, if you minimize the video, if you do any of those things, you'll get a pop up. Because, do you, want, do you want a trial? <laughs> if you start the app up, do you want a trial? If you go to your subscription page, you sure, you don't want a trial. I can give you a trial if you. <laughs> every page, every video, every time, every just, oh, it's so frustrating. And YouTube is not wearing me down to a point where I'm just going to sign up to this because I want it to go away. No, it's wearing me down to a point that I'll just delete the app and use the web interface because ad blockers work on that really well, even on iOS. <laughs> um, that's the point. It's like, okay, so I'm currently watching ads, supporting creators at the expense of getting so absolutely frustrated and stupid pop ups, but it's getting to To that point, where the stupid pop-ups are gonna work in literally the opposite direction, and I'm just gonna ad-block everything again, um, even on my mobile devices, because this is so irritating. And it's like a bigger problem I have with the web these days, and a lot of people have with the web. That you go back 10, 15 years, I think even when we started the show, you navigate the web, and it was at a point where people wanted to put content on the web. People made videos for the fun of making videos, and great, okay, they can make a little bit of of money on the side. That's fantastic. Uh, Reading a blog was nice and simple. There were lots of blogs around. It was the big thing. Sharing content. Great. 2019 or going on 2020. And we're at this point on the web where everything has an ulterior motive. To get to any website, you've got to dismiss the cookies policy. You've got to close their bloody newsletter sign up. You've got to know I don't want to trial. No, don't send me notifications. No, I don't want to sign up to your email list. Like it's like trying to fight through just to read the article. You yeah, get all the way to the article and then you realize you have to pay for it. You know, which is fair enough. But it's like just navigating the web these days. Videos, text content, whatever. Feels like an absolute uphill battle. Like The amount of stuff like I say that you have to close or, or battle your way through just to get to this one simple thing you want to look at or watch or read is ridiculous. Um, I'm appreciative that browsers like Firefox and Safari allow you to permanently stop websites from asking you about notifications because that got super annoying. Um, I wish I could like or one of these ad blockers I wish would come up with a way of like perma blocking. I appreciate cookie policies as a law. It's the most annoying thing ever. Mm. Um can we just get rid of all these newsletter signups and these pop-ups and just like I just want I just want the web to go back to being nice, simple HTML. JavaScript is amazing and you know, like half my job is built on being able to write JavaScript. JavaScript for good is great, but it feels like JavaScript is one of those things that's just been abused. By absolute evil these days. Um I hate it, I hate what the web is becoming. Um I wish we could do more about it. Obviously, it just relies on a change in ethos slightly, but it's just so irritating. Just pop-up sign-ups and this and that and the other and this goes beyond YouTube, like I say. This is this this goes to everything. Um yeah,
0: just super irritating. So, on the scale of irritating for you, because I think you feel very passionately about it.
1: Just from the last on a scale of 10.
0: Well, I was going to say, you know, on the scale of 0 to so dust under your screen protector? No, what, what are we talking?
1: I mean, dust is pretty annoying. Like, it's definitely up there on the uh, annoying scale, but I'd say this is far beyond it. What, what if you have dust
0: some... under the screen protector and the pop-up on the screen?
1: What you're saying is which one, if I had to live with one, which would it be? This is the web or dust under my screen protector? <laughs> and it's like choosing a favourite child. <laughs> um, you
0: just can't. Right now, yeah, this, but this isn't just a YouTube thing. I think YouTube have just highlighted it. Google have highlighted because it's such a big and ubiquitous service. Who who hasn't used YouTube in the last month, for example? I'm saying month, I'm being quite liberal there, but you know. Uh, and that, I think, is probably the point. It's more noticeable with YouTube because it's YouTube um, and they are going all out on it and they're being too far. Is that a sign that people aren't signing up for the, the premium service? Well, I mean, the fact they keep pushing it, yeah. I think they're just trying to annoy people into it more than anything. Mm. Seems to be. Because, if if it was working for them, they wouldn't need to to force the issue so much, would they get the point? Is this the state of the web in 2019? Is it going to change, Aaron? As a as a and and I know you're not one to blow your trumpet as a senior front end web developer. Is this going to change?
1: No. <laughs> um. Luckily, I don't, I don't work with clients that have a need for this type of stuff, but I see it all the time. Um, but the problem is, as with advertising, as with any kind of advertising, like shoving this stuff in people's faces, is just really effective. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think the one thing we can do is if people stop putting their email addresses in, stop signing up and stop clicking this stuff, then marketing teams see conversion rates disappear and they will endeavour to go on to find another way of absolutely annoying us. Um, So I don't see how this is going to change. I think we just need to build better browser tools um, and browsers need to do as well. They are already doing a fantastic job, but um, ad blockers, let's fight the fight of pop-ups and and newsletters and all that kind of thing. And yeah.
0: Do you want to know who I blame? Who the web developers? Yeah, well, well, we blame <laughs> the users. So yeah, <laughs> fair enough. It's all—it's all a bit of a facade, isn't it? Really, hundred of them. Yeah, uh, nothing's going to change overnight. That brings us to the end of episode four hundred and ninety. Thank you so much for listening from wherever in the world. As it says at the start of the show, it means it. We we are around the world, and that's humbling. For more information on the show, and for more episodes, and to, to listen on your mobile devices, MunchTech.tv. We have a newsletter, MunchTech.tv forward slash newsletter. For the gift guide, you've another episode to go. MunchTech.tv forward slash gift guide 2019. We'll see you back here, same time, same place, next week on 491. Until then, you can listen to our interview with Steve Wozniak, MunchTech.tv forward slash was. And again, that's I newsletter, MunchTech.tv forward slash newsletter. I sadly don't know how to say goodbye in German, but I do know how to say it in Spanish. And so I'll leave you on this. Adios.
1: Bye-bye.